This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. So when we're talking about some of the challenges in Providence schools or even in education in general, I think it's important to evaluate some of the extra scholastic partners or organizations that are kind of out here in the community that are doing what they can to bolster the education that's happening inside the school department proper. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot here on the podcast in terms of, you know, whether it's it's after school programs, sports, art, so on and so forth, community leadership. And one such organization that is doing just that is the Providence Rotary Club. It's Bill Bartholomew here with you for another edition of Rhode Island's podcast of record, B-Town. Always a pleasure to have you on board here. Today, we welcome the president of the Providence Rotary Club, Holly Applegate, to discuss their Legends for Literacy program and really a discussion on the role that extra-scholastic, if you will, organizations play in shaping the education of our students here in Providence. And again, you can extrapolate it to a statewide level or really any level that you'd like. This is cool stuff, and it's interesting to hear about some of the ideas that the Rotary Club has put forth in this arena, and also the relationship between the Rotary Club and the Providence schools and how that could in some ways be strengthened. And it makes you kind of take a step back and think, all right, how can we build and bridge the leadership and the ideas and the humans and the momentum in the community that's not inside the school department with the school department itself to kind of create this more holistic version of education that serves especially those people who are underserved by society's infrastructure as a whole. So kind of a lot there. Um, As always, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, join the Bartholomew Town Podcast Facebook group. By the way, Facebook just released, um, I guess, a new widget, or I don't know, even know what you'd call it, but the podcast will now play directly on Facebook. So if you're obsessed with scrolling through and looking at photos of people walking through the woods or, you know, children or Halloween's coming up, you're looking at Halloween costumes, whatever it may be, if you go to my page, um, Bill Bartholomew page, you'll be able to stream the podcast right there on Facebook and, you know, do the little pop window, pop down window. I was going to say pop up, but it gets smaller. So it stays open while you're scrolling. Just another way you can listen to B-Town in addition to, of course, our primary platform, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and our own ripodcast.com. Okay, so today we're talking about something that, look, I mean, it's a critical issue everywhere um, on a global scale for sure. And acutely here in Rhode Island and and in Providence in particular, it's something that deserves a lot of attention, and that is just literacy in general. And we're joined by Holly Applegate, the president of the Providence Rotary Club. Now, you've got an awesome event coming up, Legends for Literacy, and I've kind of dug into it to sort of check out what's going on here. Um, I guess explain for everybody what it is and how you got involved in this. Well, uh, the first time we did the uh, Legends for Literacy program was in 2019. We happened to have one of our members is an ex-Patriot player, Pete Brock, who I believe played in the 1990s, and he is a member. So he has uh, gave us really the idea of having, uh, again, literacy is our main uh, fundraising effort. So um, we, what we do is we have legendary uh, athletes and celebrities come to this event and sit with our members and sit at our tables. 
So it's it's a wonderful opportunity to uh, meet and be with some you know very well known athletes, and it just makes it for a really fun evening. But it's I'm very proud that we are actually you know we we do have sponsorships. We're actually have more sponsorship this year than we did in 2019, which is amazing, <clears throat> which has really been fantastic. So, I mean, we all know that literacy is such a huge issue for Providence schools. So what we have done is we formed a partnership with the uh, Providence schools <clears throat> for literacy. And what we did was we found a uh, online library uh, reading program called Mayan. And we have made that available to children in all the middle schools in Providence, as well as the Harry Kazarian School. Mm -hmm. So we launched that program in 2019. Uh, the program was available to the children during COVID, which was great because they could choose a book that they wanted to read and they, it could all be done online. So it was, it really worked out beautifully. So this is really the funding that the funds that we're raising is for this particular program. Um, so, you know, we're very, very excited about that. And we've had some uh, numbers already. We had a presentation uh, last week from the company called Renaissance that provides the Mayan reading program. And we had a really, uh, a great number of, of users, uh, families and children that are actually using the program. So that's really been great. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, there's no question about it that Providence schools, when it comes to extra scholastic supports mm -hmm. in the community, whether that's in terms of, you know, athletics or arts education or after school programs, or things that bolster what happens inside the classroom, you know, that's a big chunk of the educational infrastructure in Providence. It's an essential one. And it's something that probably doesn't get factored in when people talk about what goes on inside the buildings in such a negative light on a routine basis. Um, do you get the sense that your program, you know, really is something that is, could become an essential component? In other words, like this thing could go on for, 20, 50 years, um, even as the Providence schools kind of make that turn towards better graduation rates, better command of English um, as a whole, not just literacy, better command of mathematics and so on and so forth, that your program could still be there decades from now? I really think so, um, because I think that um, it what it does is it provides um, that access to the essential. I mean, there's nothing more important than reading. So the fact that it's accessible just at the going on the computer or their iPads and they can be able to explore any book that they want without actually having to hold a book. Because a lot of the kids we have found um, at home don't even have books at home. So, I mean, which is really sad to think about that um, they can't reach for a, a book, but this, in this case, they were able to explore, you know, what would I like to read? What's age appropriate? It's all sort of organized so that they can find something that they're interested in. But do I think this has legs to it? Yes, I do, because I think that the fact that we're going into, we initiated in 2019, 2020, 2022, 
Um, I think that it's going to, um, there's going to be momentum and I do think we're going to see some great results. So we're, you know, we are working very diligently to collaborate with the school system. There's been a lot of change, as we all know, in leadership. So it's been a little bit of a, a, uh, a some frustration because we have a new superintendent. We have, you know, there's been a lot of change. So it's getting everybody informed about it and on board. So we do have work ahead of us to really solidify that collaboration and that partnership. So Yeah, yeah that's kind of what I was wondering is yeah. with something like this, is it something that Providence teachers or the, the Providence schools, capital P, capital S, the, the administration, is that is this the type of thing that they're embracing inside the school department where you have third party organizations that are through fundraising efforts or, or awareness efforts trying to, again, sort of <clears throat> bolster what's happening in the classroom? Or are they looking at something like this and saying, well, wait a minute, we've got this. This is our job. Thanks, but we'll handle it from here. Well, I mean, that's interesting you say, you know, mention that is that we are still really trying to work really hard with, because I think there's been a little bit of communication, uh, lack of communication issues just recently trying to pull together. And we believe that they're, they, they're embracing this program, but we need to have more assurances that this is going forward and that they're they're taking advantage of our efforts here. I mean, obviously yeah. we have to look at that and say, okay, because we're investing, you know, about $26,000 a year for this um, effort. And we want to make sure that it's being used, it's being embraced uh, in the school. So, you know, I think that we do have a little bit of a, um, we need to work, you know, really have better communication about this. So, you know, some of your points are very well taken. You know, we're hoping that it's going to continue, but we have to get a sense of a commitment from the school department. Yeah, that's really interesting because, I mean, not just with Legends for Literacy or or your program, but other other folks or organizations that want to do similar things, maybe in other areas, whether it's with civics or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, it feels like that community partnership type of relationship is something that the school system could use right now. And again, that's not the, the it's just to add to what's happening inside the classroom and maybe add a little bit of an extra uh, acute touch to some of these areas. Um, I guess from your vantage point, when you when you look at the the school as a whole right now, and the school system as a whole right now, and you, and you you had mentioned a lot of students don't have books and so on and so forth, that of course speaks to a much larger, nothing to do with the school system type of issue that goes way out into just the nature of our society. What have you learned from this program, even in its sort of short time in existence, that has kind of maybe re reshaped how you look at the the world or at least our community here and, and some of the issues that we've got to tackle to get it. So kids of a school age have a reasonably equitable uh, experience when it comes to just specifically literacy, but education as a whole. Well, I mean, I think that this brings forth, I think part of his accessibility and having um, the ability to have materials and in this case reading that will always be there for students, no matter where they are and what their circumstances are. 
So it goes so far beyond the classroom is that, you know, if they're, you know, perhaps not getting everything they need, but they can, they can be home, they can give access and they can say, I want to read what I want to read. So I think it has kind of a far reaching uh, opportunity um, to, you know, be there. It's almost like it's, it's their friend, it's their contact outside of, I mean, this is my Mayan reader. I can, I can explore any subject I want. And especially if they may, may not be getting that in school. So there's, you know, it's, it's, it has a lot that can impact, I think. Um, And the interesting thing is during COVID is that parents were taking advantage of this program because they were going online and we believe the parents were also taking advantage of some of the books that were available as well. So I don't know, it's, um, but I think that's why we think it's exciting because in this day and age, and who knows what the future is in the classroom, whether we're going to hopefully not be back in COVID, you know, lockdowns. But the interesting thing is that this program will always be available to them, whether they're in school or out of school. So yeah, it really buys into the digital age. No question about it. Yeah. And I think that's what kids are interested in. So I think it has a lot of, it's kind of where they are. So I think that's why I think it's a, it's a great program. This episode is brought to you by Elmwood Songwriters Club presented by B-Town. It's a monthly showcase featuring seven artists from all around the region with the order drawn at random. Each artist performs two songs. You can find details about when the next event is here in Providence by following me on Twitter and Instagram at Bill Bartholomew. What is the Providence Rotary Club for people that are are wondering that? I mean, so it's not that you guys create, you know, form yourself into wheels and roll down the hill. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, the interesting part, we have such a long history. I mean, our club actually was founded in 1911, which mm. is kind of amazing that we are still, uh, we're still here. And it's basically, it's a fellowship. It's a service organization. Men and women get together every week, actually. We get together every week, and that's across the board. There are like 35,000 clubs in more than 120 uh, countries, and we have like over 1.2 million uh, members, which is amazing. But what keeps, I think, um, all of us going is what we can do. It's service above self, and our fellow men and women that meet, uh, you know, every week, it's not really, it's not meant to be a networking organization. It's really fellowship. And then what are we going to do in the community? What, how are we going to make a difference? So there is such a far reaching, I mean, there's some incredible local things going on, but probably the most notable, um, project that we've been involved with for many years is, is polio eradication. That has been, you know, across the board world, worldwide. And we are the, now there are only two countries that currently have a few cases and that's Pakistan and Afghanistan, but basically we're pretty polio free, but we send there are people all over the world giving the the um, polio vaccines to the children. So that's our, that's probably what we're known for in particular. So that every club is charged with, you know, doing 
hands-on doing projects in the community. And locally, during COVID, we did a, a huge diaper drive um, where we raised, we actually had about 4,000 diapers that were delivered um, out to families. And that was very effective and it was something we could do easily. Um, <clears throat> but we do a lot of, you know, local things. Um, we right now are doing a little library program and we've just had one of our artist members paint a little library, which is going to be sitting at the uh, Brown Street Park. And there'll be an opportunity. We will be putting books for adults for reading and also children. So we're going to be on an ongoing basis, um, putting books there for, for and, and families can take them home. They can bring a book back, whatever. But um, we found that to be, you know, a, a again, we're most of the things that we're doing are thinking about literacy. Um, we also did a big project in the beginning of the fall and um, oftentimes teachers are expected to buy supplies themselves for their sure. kids. Yep. So we got a list of what they needed. And so we were able to provide all the supplies they needed for their classrooms at the Harry Kazarian School, which has been sort of our focus school. Because um, obviously with as many schools that we have, you know, we haven't been able to do everything for all the schools. Another program that we've had is the our dictionary project where for for many years we didn't do it this year but we we uh, hand out dictionaries to every single child in the third grade throughout the whole school system which has been a great and we actually present the books to the students and the students are thrilled to have their own book you know, to so put your name in the book, this is your book to take home. But to segue a little bit, we're very excited that we have an expatriate player, uh, Malcolm Mitchell. Oh, sure. Uh, who played, he was drafted in 2016. He um, was certainly instrumental in, in a, a win, a Super Bowl win. Um, so he had sort of a short um career in in football due to some injuries but he um struggled he's from georgia he struggled with reading as a kid and when he was in college he was like reading at a middle school age uh level and was petrified about getting up in front of his fellow classmates to read so he's taken upon himself and he is sort of the literacy person out there he's doing reading rallies throughout the whole country He's written two books, and the day before the, the gala, he is going to be at the Harry Kazarian School at 9 o'clock, and he is going to be giving a copy, 600 copies of his latest book, is my favorite book in the whole wide world, is going to be put in the hands of every single student in the school. And he does a presentation. He has a magician. Um, and he is going to be there uh, on Monday, and then he's coming to our event on Tuesday. He was the recipient of one of our literacy awards last uh, in 2019. He is coming back, and we do 
have an opportunity to give an award to um, a, the literacy collaboration between the Rotary and the um, uh, Providence Rotary and the uh, school department. We're doing an award um, at the event. So we're really excited. We got special funding from Malcolm Mitchell to be here. Um, and I, I can't begin to tell you, I can't wait to see him speak, you know, in front of the kids, you know, again, he's, he's just so engaging and so fabulous. So we're very excited about that. Yeah, I, ju I just pulled up his, uh, Wikipedia page. He was uh one time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. Yeah. As you said, only played two seasons. Yeah. Um, and boy, that's, that's a commonality in, in football as well. Short, short term, but you can make a big impact with that platform and then take yes. that into other areas. So very cool. Yeah, so we're very, very excited about that, um, that have, he's visiting and, and doing this program. And actually, he was recently, you can look at an article in the Wall Street Journal. Um, they had actually reviewed him and, you know, about what he's doing. And it's, it's again, it's all about literacy and putting a, you know, it's all about reading. And that's, that's your window to your future for these kids. And yep. if you... You know, there's nothing, and so many people struggle with that. And it's, it's, it's a, it, you know, it's difficult if you're not able to, to communicate effectively in whatever you do in your life. So, you know. All right. My last question would be, how do people who are listening right now get involved in this program if they're interested in terms of becoming, whether it's a donor or even just raising awareness um, or even joining the Rotary Club? We would love it, love to have new members. Um they can go to our uh, website, which is providencerotary.org. There's information about our, um, about our organization. Also, there's information that they can reach out to, to inquire as for membership. Um, so there's, you know, we do keep that updated. And yes, we would love to have more members, no question. And I think we're all, we're very, uh, uh, conscious of diversity, inclusion, equity. So we wanted to make sure everyone feels very welcome. And I think that's very important for the future of the club. We are, um, we definitely want some new, new uh, younger members. Absolutely. But it's interesting how we have members that have been there for 40 years. They just feel such commitment so it's an amazing to see our fellow Rotarians and how they still stay with us. But we, again, the future is here. We need to uh, bring in some fresh new ideas, new people to keep, you know, keep everything vibrant and um, going forward. Rhode Island's podcast of record, B-Town, 